Covering the crew all season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue, here is your host, Dominic Catronio. We are witnessing some insane pitching right now from the Milwaukee Brewers staff. Three consecutive shutouts, furthermore, against maybe maybe one of the hottest teams in the National League. The Cincinnati Reds have had no answer the last three games for Wade Miley, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta starting the game, and they've had absolutely no answer for Elvis Piguero, Yoel Piomps, and Devin Williams closing the game. 3 nothing the victory tonight. Wow, this is some serious history-making stuff here. Jerry Augustine is with us. I'm Dom Catronio. Augie, I, I know for a fact this is one of those things that y- you kind of remember and you sit like, man, three consecutive shutouts. You'll be sitting in a bullpen, Augie. I know where you're like, oh, we could, you know, if you get back-to-back shutouts, you're like, all right, that's a heck of a win. And I wonder how long this is going to last. And normally that third game, it ends pretty quickly. But it just felt like something was clicking today. And the Brewers, a one-hit, 3 nothing shutout victory tonight. You know, it's so impressive about this pitching staff. We we all know about Corbin Burns and the and the abilities that he has and the high standards that he holds for himself. But you know, today you got to look at Freddie Peralta. Every once in a while, you get Freddie. He's a kind of a little bit of a different pitcher. And they talk about pitchers. Guys are what they call tall and fall. That means they stand straight up and get over the top and throw the ball down in the strike zone. Freddie Peralta is a little bit different. He doesn't. He's not what they call a tall and fall guy. More of a guy who extends out to the plate, gets the ball in the hand out. But today, I'm going to tell you what, he was really released. His release point was dynamic. He was very consistent with all his pitches. And when he can get that good, nice, relaxed delivery, he can be very good. And today, I'll tell you what, it's as good as I saw him locating his pitches very well, getting ahead of hitters. And when he needed to make a pitch, he made some big pitches. But what else can you say about this pitching staff? We all know, talked about the bullpen last night, how – uh, Peguero and uh, those guys are doing so so well, but I'm going to tell you what, this starting staff is really setting the table for this ball club right now. And they're really taking over given they're getting good news on the Brandon Woodruff front. He is due back in August, so a little over two weeks, three weeks time or so. And, and then furthermore, it's another thing that we talked about plenty yesterday. Just give them some runs, give them some offense, and they can take care of the rest. Now, shutouts are great. They're not going to last forever. Don't freak out when they do inevitably give up a run tomorrow because they're not going to sh- shut out this Reds team, this hungry Reds team, four games in a row. But I, in regards to Freddie, the thing that jumps out to me about Freddie's start today, six innings, one hit, no runs, two walks, six strikeouts, right? He is coming off of a start where he set a career high with 28 swings and misses against the Reds. He just saw Corbin Burns carve 13 strikeouts last night, 18 total strikeouts last night for the Brewers pitching staff. Freddie could have gotten bigs, and I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get my strikeouts today. And there is something a little more controlled. He was dotting fastballs on corners. He was fine with not getting swings and misses. In fact, he only had nine swings and misses tonight, but Augie, I think you agree with me here. In my opinion... This was his best start of the year, better than that 10-strikeout game against the Cubs, better than the 10-strikeout game against the Rockies, because there was never a doubt. No one even touched third base today against Freddie Peralta. Dominant command. I think that's what you got to look at, Freddie. You know, we talked about 
We talked about uh, the Miley, the way he pitched against the Cincinnati team. They'll finish out with the one nothing game in Milwaukee last Sunday where he changed himself. He didn't go throw a lot of off-speed stuff. He really power-pitched him a little bit, used his fastball up and down in the zone, and really went after red hitters and was very successful. Then we saw Corbin Burns. We talked about his last start, how he, he used his cutter 60% of the time. Last night was the break ball. Made some adjustments against a good offensive ball club, and we, that's what we saw out of those two guys. But I think Freddie Peralta stayed to his game plan. I think the one thing about Freddie Peralta in tonight's game as compared to last time out, execution. Executed all his pitches, commanded the pitches, getting at the hitters, knowing when he could, when he needed to add and subtract a little bit on his pitches, he was able to do that. And when Freddie gets out and he gets consistency with his delivery, he is very good. And today, I agree with you, Dom. I think it was one of the best outings he had all year. Yeah, and I misspoke. He had 10 swings and misses, so come after me if you need to. But, I mean, the, the, the changeup was great. He had nine strikes on 13 changeups. Uh, he got enough chase out of the curve in the slider. Fastball was really good. Freddie earned this win and another quality start for him. But the bullpen continues to be a massive story for this team. So now over the last these last three games, the bullpen has thrown nine innings. They have allowed just one base runner over those last nine innings. It was the walk to Joey Votto tonight by Elvis Piguero. So when you look at it, it's a hit and no hitter from the bullpen. And better yet, the strikeout numbers are just crazy to comprehend. They have 17 strikeouts over those last nine innings. Of the 27 outs, 17 of them are strikeouts. This is incredible. You know, the one thing that's been so impressive about about the bullpen, dominant. we're going to talk about Pogero and Piams and, and Williams today, of course, because they've done such a great job the last two ball games is they get in the counts, and even when they get behind in the count, they still have that ability to make great pitches. How many times have we seen with these three guys, all three of them, and I know that Devin throws the airbender, but the other two guys are Piams and Perdero, they'll get deep in the count. They'll go to 3-1, and they finish them off with a good hard slider and a good spot. The ability to command those pitches, that secondary pitch, being able to throw it for strikes, being consistent with it, and yet uses good fastball and good locations really makes a big difference. And these two guys really, when you talk about Pagaro and Piams, have been able to do, do this stuff with their good, hard breaking ball and a good fastball. And then when Devin comes in, he's been able to locate his pitches, and the airbender has just been fantastic. But these guys have been really commanding the strike zone, getting heavy hitters. And I'll tell you what, they don't walk anybody. They don't give up. Easy ba- easy bases by giving up blocks. They make you earn it, and I'll tell you what, they're throwing the ball very well. I mean, it's exactly how you draw it up right now. You would like some more offense, too, and we'll certainly get into that in the next segment. But this is – it looks easy when this is happening, but, Augie, you've pitched in shutouts before, man. It's not that easy. I mean, to do it three consecutive times against this lineup, I mean – Friedel, McLean, these rookies that are studs. Jake Fraley's having an incredible year. He had the only hit of the night, a broken bat, you know, sawed off. That should have been strike three a pitch earlier, but I digress. And then De La Cruz has been electrifying the world. Get this. Since De La Cruz stole home last Saturday, the Brewers have now held them to a 1-for-12 in his last three games with five strikeouts. You always get you know scattering reports, and you learn about the team, and you learn about things from the people watching the team. But the Brewers clearly 
have a plan. They have been executing it to perfection after that game last Saturday. And there's really no opportunity for anybody in the bottom half of this order to do anything. And I'm just so marveled at to do it. And it's not like one of those three consecutive shutout streets where you're like, oh, they're that's a rebuilding team, right? That's a not very good team sort of thing. Like the last time they did it against the Miami Marlins in 2013. This is a team you are contending with for the NL Central title with maybe the second most exciting offense in the National League, only behind the Atlanta Braves. And you have gone into their house and shut them out twice. The ability to locate your pitches. And you talk about, this is a good young Cincinnati team, but young players go up there and they have an idea how they're going to approach certain pitchers and how they've been approached by them and what, what are the sequences that they've been used against them. But I'm going to tell you what, you got to give credit to this group pitching staff. And, you know, we'll talk about the bullpen right now and saying that, you know, they locate their pitches. I've been really impressed on how they get, away, get ahead with their fastball and their off-speed stuff and then be able to pitch on the inside part of the plate. Show that you can go on the inside part of the plate, back them off the plate a little bit, or go in there and get a good pitch up in the zone is so important. And that's one thing that these guys have been doing it, locating the pitches, not falling behind. Sometimes they go to three-ball strikes, three-ball, three-two-pot counts, but being able to locate those pitches and have confidence that when you need your secondary pitch, you can throw it for a strike. That is so important, and I'll tell you what, talking about being able to go out and execute it is really the main reason that why this ball club is playing so well and the pitching, pitching-wise and especially from the bullpen. A couple of texts here. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. This one from Aaron in Illinois. Lots to like about this one. Win another series and win the season series against the Reds. Probably Freddie's best performance of the year. Pioms continues to be one of the best middle relief guys in the majors. And another win against the lefty. They have really turned it around the last three to four weeks. I certainly agree with that. Thanks there, Aaron, as well. We're going to talk about the offense and our player of the game coming up next. Before we do that, I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings all season long is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association. Member FDIC. Just getting rolling here with you till 11.30 tonight. Stay with us, Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back. I'm Dom Catronio. Jerry Augustine with us as well. Brewers win 3-0, third consecutive shutout. It was all at the long ball with the offense. We'll talk about offense in this segment. Right now it's time for our player of the game. The uh, poll is up on my Twitter at Dom underscore Catronio. It is out of time. The fans have said... Freddie Peralta is the player of the game. 57% of the vote. 123 folks voted in. Freddie Peralta is the player of the game, according to the fans. My player of the game, though, Augie, is William Contreras. Adding in a home run, calling a shutout, having three hits, having himself a night. William Contreras is my pick, because you always got to give love to the catchers, in my opinion. I'm a pitcher, and I'm going to go with a pitcher 90% of the time, almost 100% of the time. And Freddie had a great game. He really pitched well, did exactly what he needed to do. But what can you else can you say about William Contreras, what he's done for this ball club? He now has a nine-game hitting streak. Tonight he had the three hits, the big home run. They added a, added a run onto the scoreboard. But you got to like what he's done. He's been an important part. He's been getting on base. He's giving you good at-bats. Tonight I would go with Contreras also. 
great big home run in a big spot to give Brewers additional run. Now, one guy we still haven't mentioned on the show because pitching is the story tonight is Christian Yelich. And Christian Yelich leads off the game first pitch solo opposite field home run in Cincinnati to left field. So uh, we know the offense has struggled, and we know things have been odd with the offense and production. But nonetheless, when they get downhill, when they take the lead, when they are able to be out in front, they're a different team. They were up to a one nothing lead for most of this game. They added the homers from Contreras and Miller later on in the contest to get some breathing room. But there's something about this team, when it takes the lead early, they tend to be a good enough team to not give it back. It's just a matter of how many runs can you get. It's so simple, right? It, 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 I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. You score early, you're generally going to win the game. But there's something elevated to that for the Brewers because their offense has been such a premium that they don't get many runs when they do have the opportunity to score early and get the lead. It, the performances seem to really improve. I don't think I'm crazy for saying that, even though I'm not happy about scoring three runs tonight. Well, I think, Dom, when you you got to look at some games and what happens when you're you're playing against a team that you've been dominating all season long, and the Cincinnati Reds have been playing very well. Like you just said, they're one of the hottest teams in Major League Baseball. They've been playing well, winning seven series in a row before coming into Milwaukee, uh, just before the break. But you got, you got to look at what you want to do against a club like that. You want to get on the scoreboard early. And I tell you what, Christian that time took the ball, hit the ball the opposite way. You know, here's a guy that you're looking at what his batting average. I, I don't remember what it was about a month ago, but it's 281 now. He's starting to climb. He's starting to get on base, starting to do those little things. He's got 20-plus got stolen bases. Those little things that you do to get on the get out get on the base early, score runs early are huge. And you know we all know that he has the power to drive the ball out of ballpark and always swings the bat well at Great American Ballpark. But I agree. I think when you talk about Christian, he's starting to set a tone. He can versatile. He can hit anywhere in the lineup. But boy, when he's in that leadoff spot, he gets on base. It really helps us for a ball club. Brewers went one for four with runners in scoring position. I mean, really all of the offense was William Contreras today, if you take anything away from the other home runs in this game, though, too. The Brewers had seven hits. They only drew three walks, but nonetheless, they got the victory. But the other detail to this game, Augie, is they got a win against a left-handed starter, as Aaron texted in and reminded us here, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. It's now, over the last seven games against a left-handed starter, the Brewers are 5-2, and two, with a batting average hovering right around 300 during that time. That's a team starting to turn the corner, and that was the number one Achilles heel in April and May. What's going on against lefties? And we're maybe seeing a light at the end of the tunnel in that matchup. Well, I think will, he's starting to get on base, and I think he's scoring some runs. And, you know, tonight was a, a, a game where you see you hit a couple home runs, and, and that was the difference in the ball game because you got a great pitch game. The last time out against the same pitcher, they were able to put some runs on the board, hitting the ball all over the ballpark and getting some big base hits off of them. But, you know, it's it's doing the little things. I think it, we talk about a club, certain guys, certain times, certain pitchers, either left-hand or right-hand, are going to be good against a certain ball club because they locate the ball, they pitch very well. But what we're seeing at this Brewer ball club, we're seeing this ball club having the ability, not just think about driving, pulling the ball and driving right-handers to left and left-handers to right. We're seeing him hitting the ball all over the ballpark and getting on base and stealing bases and taking advantage of the 
the opportunities. And that's what you have to do when you're not scoring runs. You get opportunities. You have to take advantage. And the Brewers have done that against some left-hand pitchers, and it's really paid off in the last seven games, like you just said, and they're 5-2. and two. Yeah, they're, they're playing better baseball as of now. More thoughts on that coming up in a moment, including the difference-making moment of the game. But I want to remind our fans that the player of the game is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. And your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. We've got our difference-making moment and uh, a trend that you may or may not have noticed. That's coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back. I'm Dom Catronio with Jerry Augustine. Thanks for joining us here. Uh, the Brewers win 3-0, third consecutive shutout. Here's a text that made me laugh. Devil's advocate, the crew had scored five runs in a week. Clearly, they need Shohei Otani and should mortgage the farm system for 20 years. I don't think the Brewers are going to get Shohei. It's my pipe dream. It's my pie in the sky, if you will. But, yeah, they need some offensive help, as we just talked about. That's for sure. Uh, all this text are also asked about the non-strike call to Jake Freely. I'm, I'm not here to complain about the umpires, but, yeah, they missed that one. They missed that one for sure. And they missed a few other ones uh, throughout this game, good and bad, in this one as well. A text from Bill in Boulder, Colorado. If this team gets three and a half runs plus on average, they win. Go crew. And thanks for keeping me company tonight. Appreciate you, Bill. God bless America indeed. Uh, Augie, this is the part where we do our difference-making moment of the game. And in a 3 nothing win, third consecutive shutout, I mean, there's not many moments to choose from. But uh, I'll, live, I'll give you the, the floor first. What was your difference-making moment? That's an easy one. I think it's Christian Yelich. Starting a game off, anytime we talked about how important it was to get off to a get off to a lead and Christian hitting that home run that just gives that put the game in perspective for Freddie Peralta got the Brewers on the board got them the little momentum early in the ball game and I'll tell you what anytime you're beating a team and you're scoring runs against a team they're not scoring against you you put runs on the board early makes a big difference and Christian did that in the first inning. It's it's just setting its own, man. It's just saying, put my foot down and say, we got this today. My difference-making moment's a little bit different. I'm going to go in the sixth inning, okay? Freddie's back out there, facing a third time through the order, and it's still a game very much in the balance. It's still a 2 nothing game. Freddie's looking good, but he's facing the third time through in the top of the order. We all know who's lurking in that cleanup spot in Ellie De La Cruz. And the fact that he retired the side in order against Friedel, McLean, and Fraley, never facing De La Cruz with a man aboard in that inning. He only faced De La Cruz with a man on in the fourth inning. That was my moment saying, okay, the Brews got this. That means if they play their cards right, they will not have De La Cruz come up with anybody on base with a chance to tie or take the lead. And that's exactly what happened the rest of the game. Keeping runners off base is something I asked in the previous post games last weekend. Making sure you keep runners off base ahead of Ellie De La Cruz. Keep these beginnings from happening. And a texter reminds me here, too. Coming into this, this three consecutive shutout streak, the Reds had homered in 22 consecutive games. And the Brewers have not shut them out in three straight. And you're doing it two of the games in one of the most hitter-friendly ballparks in the game, and you're holding them down to this point. I, I can't quite express how impressive this is of what the Brewers are doing. I don't want to get caught up on it, but I think, Augie, as we look back here, I want to remember back to that two-game series in Minnesota, June 13th and 14th. Devin blew a save, and then he got beat in a 4-2 loss against the Twins. 
The Brewers reached they reached 500 at that point. They were 34 and 34. That was when the Reds first started to pop up. Since that day, the Brewers are now 17 and 8. 17 and 8 since that rock bottom two game series in Minnesota. It's it's just a reminder. There's a lot of season to be played, but the Brewers are starting to come around the edge, and you can still say they haven't played their best baseball yet. Yeah, and they're not healthy yet. Wait till they get Woody back and get 100% and get Rowdy Tellers back and get their total offense back is really going to make a big difference. But, you know, they had a tough streak. Everybody thought right before the uh, All-Star break they had a tough streak. How were they going to play? They went out and played great baseball. They pitched well. They got scored some runs when they needed. That's what's so important about this ball club, being able to do the little things. Today, the key for, for Freddie Peralta was execution. He executed his pitches throughout the game and really did very well. But this team is starting to take shape where they're starting to get guys understanding their routines, where they're going to be used, how they're going to be used. we just got to get this offensive going. And I think once they get healthy, they're going to do the things that they have to do, doing the little things they have to do, and they are going to score some more runs. But I'll tell you what, you got to like the way the pitching staff is pitching right now. And I'll tell you what, they get Woody back, they're going to be even better. So it's going to be fun to watch. And you got to think Matt Arnold is sitting in the front office right now Watching this team pitch so well, the bullpen, finding its footing, and being a tremendous weapon and asset for the team. And he's got to be sitting there looking at that phone and thinking, you know what, this team could use a hitter. This team can use a hitter, and it, you may, it, it may cost a prospect that you really like. But you know what, when you got pitching, and if you get Woody back healthy, and Burns is turning a corner. Freddie may be turning a corner. you got Miley, who's been pitching great. You've got 7-8-9 locked down. It might be worth it to, to send off a prospect or two to get some offense because when you have pitching and you have enough offense, you don't need an elite offense. When you have enough offense, you become a pennant contender. And I think the Brewers are reminding everybody why they have always been favored, even in these struggles. The pitching has never really wavered. It looks worse because the offense is bad. When the offense scores four runs, they're the best team in baseball. That's all they're asking for. I'll tell you, you got to like this this ball club, and you got to like this starting staff. You know, I just looked at it right now. you got Burns, Woodruff, Peralta. When Woody gets healthy, you got Hauser, Miley, uh, Colin Ray's throwing the ball, Turan. you got seven guys there. You could start any one of those seven guys and you're going to be competitive. And they've all shown that they can be competitive. You throw that bullpen mix in there, I'll tell you what, this is got, they've got the makings of exactly where they want to be coming these tough months of August and into September where they got an understanding that, you know what, pitching can carry a team. It can carry a team when you're throwing the ball well and you're staying in the games because this team will score runs eventually. This team needs to score runs sooner as opposed to later. But Jerry Augustine joining us here on the program. Augie, always appreciate your insight and uh, your knowledge of the game. And I know as a pitcher, you're loving what you're seeing. These what if you could build a six-figure retirement? This has been incredible stuff. It is. I'll tell you what. Back-to-back shutout, three shutouts in a row. You know, you look at what the Brewers did. You said, Dom, earlier, they, Brewers had 10 guys on base tonight. Cincinnati's only had nine on in the 18 innings that we played in the last two games. That is amazing. That is a well-pitched ball games by the Brewers pitching staff. And it's going to be interesting to see if the Brewers can get out the room tomorrow.
It's I'd love to see the broom, and it's a season series win. That means that that means that the Brewers have won the season series, which means they own the tiebreaker against the Reds. So yes, right now the Brewers are one game up on the Reds in the standings. They're essentially two games up on the Reds. Augie, appreciate your time as always, my friend. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, so in our difference-making moment of the game is brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. It's all from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need at AnnexWealth.com. And again, just to wrap up the note on the strike was it a strike? Was it not a strike on the cross-up? Trying to describe it in case you don't know what I'm talking about. The 2-2 pitch to Jake Fraley in the fourth inning. Uh, Freddie had not allowed a hit yet. And it was a cross-up. It was a curveball. And William was expecting a slider or something firmer or something like that. And then he darts back inside. Clearly a strike. I mean, without a doubt. It's in the box. It's in plenty of space and everything. But it was a funky catch and everything. And he didn't get the call. And... It's always tough to get the call on a cross-up, but it was undoubtedly a strike. And then on the next pitch, it was a sawed-off grounder up the third baseline. But the Brewers won the game. It was the only hit of the contest. We can complain all we want, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It would have been cool to say it would have been a no-hitter, but it would have been a combined no-hitter. and we would have, I didn't want to deal with all the people complaining about combined no-hitters. Uh, up next, we're going to pick our Who's Hot segment. We're also going to hear from Craig Council a little bit later and get some highlights as well. With you till the bottom of the hour, right here on your home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. Another shutout. And remember, you can hear all these post-game shows today, tomorrow, all the shows we have on the podcast feed. Brewers All Access, wherever you get your podcasts. You will also get Brewers 360 in the morning on WTMJ with Wisconsin's Morning News. Matt Arnold, Sophia Minnert, Craig Council. Adam McAlvey among the uh, dignitaries. Jeff Levering and Lane Grindle make appearances as well. It's uh, a fun little mo- uh, few minutes to start your morning with to hear from uh, the skipper, from the, the head of the club. And it's not necessarily always all about baseball, so it's a good way to get your day going. Right now it's time for Who's Hot. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trusting your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. And their sale is extended right now. You can get up to $1,000 off of a Daikin furnace or an AC unit through the end of the month here in July. Financing is available. Schedule your appointment today at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical. Families helping families since 1912. William Contreras is the obvious pick right now. Three for four today. He has found a little tweak right now. With things going in the right direction, here in July, he is an, a man possessed. In the month of July, 17 for 38. That's a 447 batting average. Three doubles, two homers, seven runs driven in, two walks, only six strikeouts. It's at 1147 OPS right now. And you go back to his uh, pinch hit walk that he had, and he also had a base hit in the game in the finale against the Mets. He, he's just been on a roll, and it's been really fun to watch William Contreras come to his home. Not only we knew he can swing the bat, but how about him as a catcher behind the plate? He continues 
to uh, impress him and Caratini have been splitting the catching duties, but this is the second time during this streak that he has caught the shutout, and he has been calling great games. He's fifth in baseball in framing. He has been somebody the Brewers have uh, always had their eye on. They got their hands on him this year, and by the way, he was in the same deal as Yoel Piomps, and he was my player of the game for good reason. I mean, William Contreras is on fire right now. you got to give a little bit of love to this front office, and no one ever bats a 1,000 when it comes to trades and things of that nature, but this is another trade that... You know, the moment it came across the wire, Brewers fans were excited. And now, even more than halfway into the season, there's still plenty of things to be excited about when it comes to William Contreras developing as a big leaguer, developing as a catcher, and uh, continuing to uh, impress everybody around the Brewers organization. Going 3-4 for four with a homer today, catching yet another shutout for the Brew crew. So a quick reminder of how the standings are right now with uh, tonight's victory and the uh, game is just about over across baseball after today's rain delay. It's been a long day here on WTMJ, but the Brewers now in first place, 51-42. and 42. Again, over their last 25 games, they are 18-8, and eight, or excuse me, 26 games. They are, uh, no, it is 25 games. Math is hard sometimes. It's been a long day. 17-8 and eight over their last 25 games. They are in this. That is since they were 500 34 and 34 after losing the two game series against the Minnesota Twins. And we predicted that that would be rock bottom. They still have not been below 500 since they were 0 1 to start the season. The Brewers are getting things going in the right direction. So they're in first. The Reds are one game back in record, essentially two games back with the tiebreaker. The Cubs are in third. They won today. They are seven games back at 43 and 48. Pittsburgh, they lost again tonight. They lost 3-1 to the Giants, so they are 41-51 and right now. Nine and a half games back. And then finally, St. Louis, they lost game one of the doubleheader. Won game two of their uh, doubleheader, I should say, split day with the suspended game and such. But they are still 11 and a half games back. They are at 39-53, and last place in the Central Division. Brewers... Run differential is creeping up a little bit, too. Is getting closer to zero. They're at minus nine for the run differential. When you keep in mind, they've got a 16-2 to defeat and an 18-1 to loss on there this season. I think they're, they're doing the right things right now. They're certainly stepping in the right direction. we got about 20 minutes left in the program. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council. We'll also get to a few highlights in this one. Talk a little more about some of the numbers and the records that are impacted from tonight's game as well. Brewers win 3 nothing in shutout fashion, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. If you're still up with us here after a long day of baseball, we had about an hour-long rain delay before the day started, and here we are after another Brewers victory. We're here from the manager up next on WTMJ. The offense needs more runs. We know that. Five runs, that's crazy. You're not going to win many games doing that in a three-game span. But when your pitching is as elite as it is, sometimes things work out. That's what's been happening the last few days with the pitching staff. How does the manager feel, Craig Council, after a 3-0 victory tonight? It's three consecutive shutouts for only the third time in Brewers franchise history. Here's the skipper. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we pitched exceptionally well again. And, um, you know, Freddie was awesome tonight. Um 
you know, no, no, no threats really. One, just one base runner max, and um, I thought he just just did a nice job. His fastball was just really good, and it made everything else good. He, he landed his off speed. His changeup was much better tonight. I thought put it in the zone a bunch. Um, made it really competitive, and that that slowed him down. And so, you know, when he does that, the combination of all the pitches are really hard for hitters. Were you surprised that he was able to shake off the rain delay and be as sharp as he was? No, I mean we had, you know, we had pretty, we had good notice on the rain delay that uh, you know what was going on. So, um, you know, they they came in and told us at six o'clock that we were looking like it was going to be a d delayed. So. Um, you know, there was no kind of get ready to go. It was it was early. Craig, you talked yesterday about trying to get the offense going. There's a little bit more life. The three solo homers today, you know, wound up being enough. Um, you know, you got, I'm sure you'd like to see more, but you get those homers. Yeah, I mean, well, we started off good for sure. Um, you know, we, we hit four balls hard in the first inning and only, only got one run, actually. Um, but, um, you know, it was enough. William had a nice night swinging the bat. I thought Willie didn't have much to show for it, but had a really nice night. Um, but, we, you know, we didn't get, you know, that next hit would have been nice. Um, in, the la in the seventh, eighth, and ninth, we had an opportunity to kind of get a that next hit and just couldn't get it. Just the, you know, overall three straight shutouts. I mean, this is obviously one of the hotter teams coming into this stretch. and. This, yeah. this is just hard to do, isn't it? Well, or, yeah. I mean, I don't care who you're playing. You, you you shut out team out three times in a row, and that's 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 great work. Um, and it's been you know it's been the same kind of same story: six innings from a starter and three great innings from from Elvis, uh, UL, and Devin. So uh, they've done great job. They've done great work, um, and it's put us in a good position, and then we're off to a good start. Devin obviously has that pedigree as a closer, but are you seeing the confidence in Elvis, particularly annual well, growing with each outing and the success? Of yeah, that? I mean it's been there for a little while. It's been there for a while for sure. But those guys are, you know, it's really this as they, you know, this stretch of games start with that 17 game stretch. It started then to me is that they've been. It started in Cleveland um, when they started just. Elvis, I thought, had some big innings. Yoel had some big innings in Cleveland, and, and then it's kind of just taken off from there, and they've been on a really good run. That game-ending play was pretty special, too, Monster. Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, it gave Devin just a quick night um, with these under 10 pitches for the night, so that's always a good thing. Um, and that's, look, that's, that's part of what, you know, we're doing here. We're trying to play really good defense. That factors into lineup decisions every day to play really good defense every single day. And, you know, it's small stuff, but that, you know, takes pitches off the board for pitchers, uh, makes their innings easier, puts up a zero instead of, you know, letting the next guy up. Um, and it, it matters in this stuff. Not that it changed anything wanting to win the rest of the games you have with them, but to take that season series, uh, um, how important do you view that in the, the scheme of the season? Yeah, I mean, look, we got enough games against them where we want more wins against them. But, um, you know, I think going through this last year and understanding that, you know, the two teams, you know, at the end that we were chasing, we had lost the season series against. When you're in the last week of September, that's not a good feeling. Um, so to know if this is a team, um, you know, that, it, that we're going to be 
the one of the teams that we're going to be battling with that um, that we've got that accomplished already is is you know it makes your lead an extra game really um, so it's it's a big deal and we we saw that last year. I mean, remember that feeling at the end of the year, knowing that you had to take it out right in the wild card because of that series you lost to the Phillies. The Brewers get to enjoy the other side of that coin this season if the Reds are able to stick around for the rest of the season, right? It's essentially a two-game lead now for the rest of the year. And uh, this was awesome. This was flat-out awesome tonight. And now get greedy. Go for a sweep tomorrow. I don't care if it's a 15-14 to game. Let's see some offense. Let's score some runs. Let's try to get a win tomorrow. Let's get to some highlights. That's going to come up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Despite an hour-long rain delay, Big Sal hit Great American Ballpark right when the game was supposed to begin, so we had to let it pass, get ready to go, and Christian Yelich didn't mind the wait. In fact, he was ready to go on the first pitch. In the first pitch, his swung on, hit out to left, going back his steer, at the track, at the wall, and it is gone! Christian Yelich starts this game off with a bang! Number 12 on this season for Yelly, and it's 1-0 Brewers. Lane Grindle on the call. It was the eighth leadoff homer of his career and his fourth this season. So running downhill early, 1-0. How about some insurance? Get some more runs. We don't need to do this 1-0 thing all over again. William Contreras adding to the cause. Wind up 3-1. Fly ball hit into deep right field. Fraley going back. Track, wall, turns around. See you later. William Contreras with a solo home run to the opposite field. And the Brewers have doubled the lead in the fourth. It's 2-0. Josh Mowers call of that one. That was after a pitch that definitely wasn't a strike. Called a strike and gave William the opportunity to hit one out the other way. And he joins the double-digit home run club with 10. Meanwhile, he was catching a shutout from Freddie Peralta. He was awesome. Freddie went six innings, allowed one broken bat single. Walked two, struck out six in six quality innings. But it's still just 2-0 Brewers. As you head to the top of the seventh, the guy who had not home in a long time coming to the plate. High fly ball deep left. Miller put a charge into it. Back up and way, way out of here. Into the second deck for Owen Miller. Wow. Packing a wallop in Cincinnati. The Brewers, three solo homers. They lead 3-0. It had been nearly two months since his last homer, May 24th, against the Astros. Ironically, also the last time the Brewers had back-to-back shutouts this season. But Miller goes yard, fifth time this year. That makes it 3-0 Brewers. Then it was in the hands of the Brewers' bullpen, and they have been tremendous. First, it was Piguero, a pair of strikeouts and a scoreless seventh. Then it was Piomps, a pair of strikeouts and a scoreless eighth. Then Devin Williams, once again, third consecutive game he came on, struck out McClain, struck out Fraley, and all he had left was Ellie De La Cruz. First pitch to De La Cruz is a ground ball left side. Glove by Monasterio. Spins, throws to first in time. And the Brewers shut out the Reds for the third consecutive game. Three straight goose eggs in the scoreboard for the Reds. Great stuff from the crew pitching staff. We'll go over all the records and all the numbers that they are uh, in company of and everything that went down tonight. Brewers get the victory 3-0. They'll go for a sweep 
tomorrow. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Final three minutes of this one. Brewers, wow, just wow, wow, wow. So let's go over some of these numbers that they've uh, come uh, accomplished and got things done. Again, I'll reiterate the Ellie De La Cruz number that I said earlier in the program. The Brewers have now held Ellie to 1-for-12 with five strikeouts since he stole home last Saturday. That is doing your job against him. The Brewers, this is from uh, Stats Perform. The Brewers are the first team in MLB history to record three straight shutouts while striking out at least a dozen batters in each of those games. That's some pretty impressive stuff. A reminder, this is the third time in Brewers history they have three consecutive shutouts. They have never had four consecutive shutouts. And if if they had won today's game by a one nothing final, they would have become the first team in MLB history to win three such games by a one nothing final score. But hey, 3 nothing isn't that much more anyway. And this was maybe my favorite anecdote from all of this. From the last time the Brewers had three consecutive shutouts. It was back in 2013 against the Miami Marlins. And I'm talking the new ballpark Miami Marlins with the green wall, the home run sculpture. It was not, not good at all. In fact, the starting lineup for the Marlins, Adani Echevarria, Giancarlo Stanton was still there, Logan Morrison, remember him, uh, Justin Ruggiano out of nowhere, Derek Dietrich was still playing. But the reason why we say this lineup, right, this was the last time was in July, July of 2013. The Brewers, this is from Kurt Hogan, he recalled this very well and double-checking the box scores. It makes it even better story. The last time the Brewers threw three straight shutouts, they bodied the Marlins so badly in three straight games that Miami promptly called up its top prospect in the following series. His name was Christian Yelich. And today, Christian Yelich, it's a leadoff homer en route to the third consecutive shutout victory. This one all against the Reds, who, oh, by the way, after the Brewers first beat them in their series head-to-head, three games out of four back at the start of June, they also called up their hotshot prospect, Ellie De La Cruz. And since then, the Brewers have only lost once out of five games against those Reds. Sometimes you match up well to a club, and they've got no answer for you. Now get greedy tomorrow, a 12:41 pitch central time. We will be on the air at 12.05 as the Brewers go for the sweep. They will have an off day on Monday and then come back against the Phillies on Tuesday in the city of brotherly love. Night games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Day game Thursday. We'll have Brewers Weekly on Thursday night. Then they're back home. Six-game homestand for the Braves and these Reds one more time. But the Brewers have claimed the season series against Cincinnati. They have... Seven wins already, and they've still got four more games to go head-to-head. So the Brewers are one game up in the record, essentially two games up in the standings right now in the NL Central. Vibes are good right now in Milwaukee. So three straight shutouts back for more tomorrow at 1240. My thanks to Matt Sossler, our producer, and for Jerry Augustine for joining me. I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging.